tonight we have comedian, friend of mine. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad. Comedian, Michael Bain. Michael. What's up, Pablo? Yeah, it's. I mean, it wasn't. That I just did the ten foot walk from my room to your room. <laughs> yeah, you're really which, so far away. Which right? I, you got all like dressed up. I just, just no came man, to this the is gym. It. I, look, I no, just you, just, you just look up. good all the time. No man, I just have my foot up, my <laughs> pants from oh, my job. Gym shorts. Plus, yeah. your room is so much fucking cleaner than mine, dude. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, <laughs> I try to keep it clean, though. I, I mean, I try to too, but I just got shit. Everywhere, I don't know. Like, yeah, I man, it's just it's, every time I come from work, I, I try to really make this like my my place, you know. Like, yeah. oh, if I'm coming for a rough day, I want to have a very calm space, relaxed. It's this good. Is, it's good for creativity, and just I mean, a lot of people recommend that. Like, I listen to <laughs> they do. It is man, because your your room is your <laughs> is your. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna talk while you die. <laughs> Your room is uh, space means everything, dude. It yeah. is because I listened to something Jordan Peterson mm-hmm. said about keeping your uh your room clean because it affects oh, yeah. the way. And then I listened to this um this Navy SEAL who wrote a book about maintaining a certain work ethic and his thing was like oh, no I'm confusing him with someone else but this other person military guy said make your bed every morning just what's just, the name of the guy I don't remember turn him on up <laughs> I don't remember the names but if I hear a good piece of information I'll is take it, it away with the, me um, something like that even if you told me dude I wouldn't remember <laughs> I just remembered make your bed make your bed bye bye folks so yeah, before Jordan Peterson, I was reading, I, I think it was Robert Greene, and he was talking about how to be uh, organized, Yeah, was, uh, the importance of being organized. Your physical space affects your mental space. Oh yeah, yeah. It does. <laughs> I do, I know, because yeah. I grew, my mother is, a, is like a pack rat, like mm. doesn't throw anything out. So my, when I go home, like I get in my house where I grew oh, up, yeah. and I'm just on edge as soon as I get in there because mm-hmm. there's just shit everywhere. Oh shit! Like I have a couple of rooms that I can't walk in. There's just so much oh, shit. No, no, no. And my father would periodically have these like times when he'd come home and just get garbage bags and we're like, we're fucking throwing it all out. Mm-hmm. Your mother's gone. That's we're that. doing it all at once, and then we do it, and the next day we catch mm-hmm. her out in the fucking. No man, that's trash. not good. Though. No, that's not. It's good. not. It's not. No, me as a musician, I tend to, I tend to. I have a lot of papers. Even when before you came here, I have a lot of papers, so I have to just organize myself. Even I try. This is okay. This is the thing that I try to do. So before, uh, that's a good book that I'm reading. I I just finished. It was uh, do what the one percent does, right? So before you go to work, make sure your space clean, right? Mm-hmm. And before you uh, before you you finish the day, make sure your space clean. Yeah, so what I was trying, it was like, okay, let me just get this 20 minutes before I go to work, finish, uh, clean up my room, organize my room, and man, that makes so much different though. Plus it gets you in a routine. Oh, yes, yes. Routines are very important. I started with my bed though. I started with my bed. I used to just get up and just, okay, that's it. 
and then just do what I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, of course, when you you started getting to the self development world, uh, world, they mentioned they mentioned that a lot. Like make make your bed, and it makes sense. You develop a discipline. Yeah. Now I cannot just go out of my bedroom before I just clean up my bedroom. Well, it's I need also, to clean everything. It's just good because when you get home after a long day, you're like, fuck this shit, I'm not doing this. Yeah. And then it never gets done. Yes, never gets done. No. And, okay, um, so what do you use? I know um, New York City is a little bit, um, the competition is high. Yeah. As a comedian or as an artist. So how, how do you do to just um, get around it? How, how do you manage to just be that guy, that, be Michael? I think I'm still trying to figure that shit out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, I came, how many, February, March? It's only, I'm not even in uh, six months yet, you know? So yeah. I'm still just, it's, I think if you're, my thing is what, or what I'm trying to do is just be myself. And I think that's the best thing for comedy is to be who you are. And if you're a unique enough person, then you don't need to do anything else. Mm -hmm. I think my opinions and who I am is different than 90% yeah. of all the people I meet out there. <clears throat> so that that helps. Because you, you, you probably know this in music, but when you go to see other people, other musicians, where I see other yeah. comics at open mics and shows, there's a lot of people doing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. People think, oh, I have to do this. I have to make this joke or this. I do this style, and they just repeat it over yeah, and over and over again. It is crazy. <clears throat> That's a good point. Um, as a musician, right, we tend to gravitate to the, what the others are doing, right, so very quickly. So I'm always struggling with that concept, right? Like, oh, because I do play a lot of classical music. I'm a classical musician, but then for some reason. I we well, I want to become a follower. Want to play want to play that kind of music, but I shouldn't. I should not become a follower. I should be a leader in my own music. Right? Yeah. So that's one of the things. I don't know why is that. It could be something very primitive that we as a human we have. Uh, it's fear. Fear of standing out oh, too yes. much. If you stand be out alone. too much, your shit isn't yeah. good. I mean, you're always going to be criticized by your peers. Even yeah. if you're doing something good, you get criticized. I mean, the only time you really stop being I don't think you ever stop being criticized, but at a certain point, yeah, if you're like, when other people acknowledge <coughs> that you're good, that's when they'll stay. Other people less, because a lot of people, I've seen people say they think comics are good, that they I know they don't think are good. Okay. Because they're famous and everyone agrees upon them. Because I, I would see people do this shit, right, where uh, I would meet a lot of like hipster comics. They do, if you do jokes about fucking beating off or taking a dump. You're not funny. That's just hack. That's and I'm like, way, Louis C.K., regardless of what he's yeah. done, one of the greatest comedians of all time, has jokes about beating off and taking shits. Oh, so yeah, don't act yeah. like it like it can't be funny or that it's hack. And then they're like, well, that's different. And I'm like, how is that different? Mm. Because you know he's above you in whatever thing yeah. you've built, and you think that guy's on my same tier or beneath yeah. me. But you know what? That is, does happen in music, too. Like, you have these... These um, pedestal humans that they they musicians tend to put right, and they when you start listening to the music, you say like, ah, that's not. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to do that. But then, <clears throat> when you ask a, uh, a 
teacher or something back in the day, and now I, I don't do that. They usually will say like, ah, no, but that's, that's Janet Baldwin. But that's, no, that's Horowitz. They can't do that. You can't do that. Yeah. And that really, that never makes any sense for me. Why they can't do that, but I can't do that. Most of the time, they're just, people project their insecurities on other people. Mm. It's, uh, I feel like shit. Yeah. I didn't take this chance. I sure as fuck don't want you to you take a chance because you might succeed. And then if you succeed, maybe I could have succeeded, but I was just too much of a pussy. Yeah. And at the same time, what's weird is I get tested <clears throat> by people like that all the time. Yeah. I don't just mean other comics, but I mean mostly just people in my personal life. Yeah. be like, why are you doing stand-up? Why are you moving to New York? Why are you trying to do this? And I'm like, why do you keep fucking questioning me? Yeah. Like, Because clearly we're not happy with what we're doing because I'm sitting in the same miserable pub as you. You know, trying to trying to not be here mentally, <clears throat> but and I was like, more people constantly check you to try and fucking test you, and I, I don't think they realize they're doing it, but they do it as a way to chip so away it, at you. So it's subconscious. And the more you hold out, <clears throat> the more they end up respecting you. It's, yeah. it's a weird thing where like people who necessarily weren't there to support you as yeah. you gain more success suddenly show up like oh man i was always rooting for you yeah. like really no you weren't you fucking douche <laughs> maybe uh, it, you're, you're right maybe it's that thing of oh because i didn't do it fuck it you just live close to me i'm not going to even think about the idea that you are closer to that thing that i was supposed or i wanted to even reach there's a there's something in this is big in comedy, but I think this is just big in creativity oh, as a whole. Yeah, which North, is the yeah. crabs in a bucket mentality. Rather than we all do our best to be our best, I'm gonna try and squash you down and your style. I don't like your style of comedy. I don't like your style of music because other people like it, and I want rather than just emulating what you do. Maybe learning from you, maybe yeah. saying, oh, this guy's on to something, I should follow what he's doing. People are like, nah, fuck it, I want to keep being lazy and I want to shit on this person mm -hmm. so that other people don't like them in a way to make myself look yeah. better. It's like the, this guy when you go out to the bar and you see the alpha guy just getting laid or just taking the woman yeah. and then you see the battle, the battle male saying like, oh. Just he's whining. So, yeah, he's, he's whining. whining about. And, oh, why do girls like guys yeah, like that? Because yeah. they fucking do. Yeah, because they do. They will give you the arguments of, huh? I would just treat her better and all stuff like that. But in reality, if you took you can't your treat ego her better, aside, you would say like, oh, maybe he has something they could learn from. You know? Exactly. Because leaders, um, leaders and successful people—they're going to get a lot of shit. It's just, there's no way around it, you know? Mm -hmm. And then you just have to somehow, as, as being that guy that's getting all the shit, you have to uh, have some strong belief, right? Strong belief that will hold you, hold you. You're going to be your strongest you, yeah. supporter. Yeah. <clears throat> or else no one else is going to be there. So uh, what do you do when you get to that stage, right? When you know that this shit is going to, chest is going down. Like, oh, a couple minutes, I was going to be the stage. I need to prepare myself. Let me be in state. How, what do you do? Um, I don't really do anything necessarily. I just I'll look depending. I'll I'll look over the jokes that I know I want to do mm -hmm. right beforehand. Like a lot of times, I'll just type them out in my in my phone. Yeah. because writing them makes them just easier to. And I, I want to specify the order. Mm -hmm. And all right, all right. I'll lead start with this joke, lead into this joke. Maybe type them out, and then 
just go up there. I don't want to be too... Sometimes if you get too rigid mm. and the crowd <clears throat> doesn't work, doesn't want to hear your fucking shit, then uh, you just... Yeah. Then, 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 then if you're too rigid, you can't alternate. You gotta be able to alternate. That's, with the, it. that's a very um, peculiar situation. Like if you don't have that audience that really is going to receive you, and you know it, right? How, what did you manage to do? Do you have some body language, or do you have some technique that tells you that, like, like hey, fuck, I will just. Go I just change jokes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, all right, this one's not working. <laughs> It's not, a lot of times, honestly, dude, it always comes down to, it's just, audiences, just people. It's just like, if you're, I was, I did this show in the Lower East Side the other day, and I did not have a good set, and I really got to myself, but the audience was very young, they were young, hip, uh, like, 21-year-old musicians. That's a hard audience, huh? And they were just very young and hip, and <laughs> yeah, I tried yeah. doing jokes about race and the concept of white privilege and they immediately just shut me off and I was like so I got through it and I was like I'm going to talk about sex and then I tried talking about sex and that just didn't work and then I closed on a joke that I just know is a good joke that works and I was able to pull them back just because I've done that enough times yeah. so you already have like those kind of jokes that are, that so yeah. you, you basically have them like connected oh this one doesn't work and try to you try this one. try something this else this one doesn't work so, I have very, we have something very similar though. It's kind of like yeah. it's kind of like talking to a girl. Yeah. Because sometimes you'll you'll use you'll say something that works on another girl, and then immediately she just gives you a stank eye, and mm. you're like, "All right, she's yeah, that's not gonna work. <laughs> that's not I, gotta, work. I gotta do something different." Mm. And then sometimes they just don't like you at all, so it doesn't yeah. matter what you do, how many fucking jokes you do. But then they just so, don't want to like. In you. that case, you have to tell yourself, "Okay, I just believe in the process." Yeah, you gotta mm. don't be quick to blame the audience. You gotta realize yeah. I should be good enough that I know how to <clears throat> handle them. So basically, like change the stuff. It's very similar to when I go to a concert. Right, I play. Let's say I'm playing the last one that I have was in Italy. In the first one, I played two concerts. Right, two concerts. I'll tell you, Mike. The first one, I was feeling like I was. This is my shit. I can handle stuff. No problem at all. I can play my, my song easily. Now, when I went to the second one, man, I was feeling like shit. Really, I was feeling like my guts were all over the place. Like I, it was one of those weird feelings, right? Yeah. But I t I thought to myself, oh, Pablo, this is just part of the process. You have to just go through it, man. Just go through it. Just relax. Don't follow your, your emotions. So I was trying to make it uh, logical. That that way, my brain will say like, "Hey, this is normal. This is this is just what it is. This is this is it. You're feeling this way, but you can't control it. You cannot control it. So you have to deal with it. So it's somehow I managed to just well, that anxiety is just a natural human emotion. Yeah. To to it's a fear response to protect you. Yeah. Like if you, if you throughout history, human humans are pack animals. Mm -hmm. We still, we still spo are supposed to be back animals. We're <coughs> fighting against that. But so if you do something that could ostracize you from the group, mm -hmm. you get anxious. So yeah. you're up in front of the group, you, and the group notices you. That's just an instinct. But anxiety is just your your body telling you, "Oh, be afraid. There's a fucking tiger or a wolf, yeah. or there's it's a threat, there's right? just something is out there." But then you just have to re overrule that and be like, "I'm not going to die. Like yeah. these people may hate my jokes or my music." 
but I'm not gonna fucking yeah. die. Nothing's gonna. I'm just gonna, and I'll just learn from yeah. it. I'll, I'll come up. So it basically comes down to how to crack your brain, right? Exactly. How to crack those those small fears that we have as individuals, right? And let's say that my my weakness could be, you know, writing, right? Or my weakness could be uh, talking to to people that have um, black hair, or whatever. Yeah. So those are small fears, right? People can say, ah, but that's, that's ridiculous. No. We we work as a... Each person works very differently. For me, for example, I don't, I don't know if I told you I tried the NoFap. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I told we, you we, we had, This is the first yeah. talk I ever had with you. You're really? You know, when I, remember the day I came oh, okay. in here yeah, yeah. to move in? Yeah, that's true. We immediately hit it off and we just started talking about <laughs> beating off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I'll tell you, as soon as I started doing the NoFap, um, the NoFap mm, concept, right? I really start developing good discipline on myself. Like my, my I, I need to get on board. <laughs> <laughs> I fell off the wagon hard, man. For, for, for all, the, all the people, that's not that's not they don't have to go that road. But for me, yeah. I feel like okay, I need to control this area of my life. So I went there. Yeah. So as soon as I controlled that area of my life, for some reason, I knew how to control the other areas of my life. Just mm. so on and so forth. So I just developed a new mechanism to just work with myself and i've applied that into music and you just keep going man yeah i mean the the tools you learn in one aspect of life mm. always are just reusable you just mm. gotta realize it's like uh, you have one tool and you're like ah shit i can't fix this problem with just a wrench this is that nail well, you yeah. take that wrench and you smash that nail down it's not ideal yeah. but you still use the, yep. the same method you do that mentally yeah the, uh, is, is it one, because you just realized discipline. You yes. conquered one of the hottest. I mean, those are the two biggest fucking addictions is food and sex. Yeah. Because you need to eat. And you don't necessarily, but you want to, you kind of need to fuck or get yeah. off. Or at least you tell yourself. Yep. And, and your dick's always here, so you can't, <laughs> can't, like, I don't drink anymore. It's easy for me because I just don't go to the store and get alcohol. This yeah. is always with me. I can't, ah, yeah, so you, can't put that on the shelf. Yeah. So, yeah, in your case, drinking was like, uh, yeah. Then what you then you do? Yeah, but I, I don't I don't want to watch as much porn as I do either. So I, <laughs> that's what I'm fighting. No, that's my thing. I'm fighting yeah, right now. You know what's crazy? Um, porn is a huge addiction in in the male. It's enormous. Realm. Yeah. Huh? There's Dude. people now. There's people they have. It is. It is. It has become a problem. It's. It's actually. I'd argue it's a problem for a lot of women too. They just don't admit it. And admit society it doesn't yeah. necessarily re- uh, acknowledge it. Because there's women, a lot of girls that watch porn. Yeah. They just don't say they do. Because Not could, like guys. But it, could be, it could be because women are more feminine, right? In, yeah. In that area. But yeah, for men, the testosterone's go low, you know? You watch a lot of porn, the testosterone will go really low. Yeah, and then you will get a lot of anxiety being around people. That's another thing. Of course, because you're telling your brain one thing, but you're doing another Plus, so, once you once you get obsessed with that, real life will never be as good as it in the screen. Yeah, because it, it'll ruin a real life fantasy because you you'll never be as good. It's just like when you do something in real life, it's never as good as it looks in the movies. Yeah, it isn't because because it's made to be perfect. Yes, it's ed- there's editing. There's you don't see the part of the porno where someone slips and falls and hits their fucking hip off a table. <laughs> that happens in real life when you're fucking, but oh, you don't you don't yeah. see that the part. The neighbor just 
the neighbor banging with the broom. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that is true. That's true. And, uh, of course, it's all about the dopamine effect. It is. You're receiving that dopamine effect very quickly. Absolutely. So, so you have the instant gratification, right? And then, um, it could be a, a sword with double blade, like I said. As a musician, that's a great tool, man. I can have all my stuff uh, released quickly, right? They don't have, I don't have to wait a lot. But then, at the same time, I have all those other bigger gratifications. I can mm -hmm. just search, search those things very quickly. So, it's all about the self-discipline. Self so, that's what I'm constantly working right now. And the difference, I know you're from Boston. Tell, tell folks a little bit the difference between the Boston area of how to make business there versus the New York City. Area. The, um, you mean just in general or stand-up wise? Stand-up wise. It's just smaller. It, it's much smaller. Uh, so the, it is very... It's competitive in a different sense. Here it's very, very competitive. Yeah. And there's just so many people from everywhere trying to fight for these small spots that are almost non-existent. Like the the way it used to exist doesn't really <coughs> exist anymore because of the internet age. It's fucked everything up. Everything yeah. is different now from the way it used to be. Nothing's the mm -hmm. same. And Definitely. so the advice that the old guys can give you isn't necessary. Some of it is core. Yeah. You know, be proactive, be a hard worker, always be writing, be creative, yeah. be on top of your shit, don't be your own worst enemy, you know, that's, that. I mean, that's just life advice, mm -hmm. but certain avenues to getting into clubs don't quite exist anymore, the, the internet's changed all that, but Boston's smaller, it's way more of a crabs in a bucket mentality, yeah. it's just it's more of a, there's yeah. a lot of, there's a lot of resentful people, because there's a lot of people who like, and I, I don't think this is necessarily unique to Boston, but I think Boston's very bad about it. There's a lot of people who didn't necessarily take a chance mm. and go to a big city or just try and be like an internet personality. They didn't yeah. take a certain chance, and so they just kind of hang around, and they get pissy, and they yeah. do what we talked about where they point fingers at other people yeah. finding success, and they fucking poo-poo them and say, you mm. suck and all that shit. And there's, um, it's just not as a creative place as New York, and that's just the city, mm. period. And not even common. Are you not talking about outside the city? I'm just talking about Boston, period. There's just this yeah. dot, the attitude for creativity yeah. like that exists here doesn't exist back home. I mean, like, look at our apartment. It's me, you, uh, we have a, uh, one of our roommates in the theater. Music theater, um, yes. And Mike's trying to do his thing as a lawyer. Everyone's working yeah. towards something, whereas... Like back home, they, that would be so much more rare. Yeah, even my first roommates uh, downstairs, they one was an artist. Mm -hmm. She used to paint stuff like that. She was still trying to make things happen. The other one was an uh, a dancer, mm -hmm. and the other guy was a comedian. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> sort of. I think yeah, sort of. But he was trying to at least make comedy part part, yeah. part of his, his life. So. Yeah, for me, uh, New York City, man, I was talking with my last guest here about New York City, and it's, for, for us, it's more about how can I just set up a venue, set up a concert, how to make people come in, which is... Um, it's tough. That, that, it's so much easier back home to get people to come to a show. Yeah. New York's probably one of the... I don't know how it is in L.A., 
I can't speak for it. I imagine it's yeah. like New York, but New York's probably one of the hottest to get people to come to because there's so much to compete with. You're trying to get people to come into your bar show, and meanwhile, there are, you know, back home we've got, I think we've just got two comedy clubs in the city right now. Oh, just yeah. two. Not including the, like, the stuff that comics are creating. So, like, their comics have started shows in bars and stuff. Yeah. But maybe two, only one full-time club, and I guess maybe two or three that we're going to count, like, the part-time places. Yeah. Whereas in New York, just in Manhattan alone, there's, like, 23. And they're all fighting to get tourists in. And so you're going to compete with them to get tourists in. But you're also you're competing against New York City itself. itself Every yeah. time you walk down a block, <clears throat> someone is telling you, come into this strip club, come into this comedy show, uh, come into this burlesque show, come see this thing, come see... There's fucking posters and billboards and giant moving lights everywhere, not everywhere, just in yeah. Times Square. So you become... People get jaded. Yeah. And they're like, well, unless you think it's crazy... Good. Yeah. Fuck you. I don't care. Whereas back home, you could easily. It's so much easier to get people. To get people in, right? Yeah. So it's basically, if you go to Little Italy, you walk through that street, right? You will see every restaurant trying to get some customers. Hey, everyone, just, everyone. Everyone just trying to get some customers, and I think that's the very that's the same mentality. Not only the restaurant or whatever is your area here in New York City, but everything, man. Yeah. I mean, I. I I have done concerts, Michael. They are, I only have like one bad person. Yeah, man. It's, yeah. I've, done, I've done shows like that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, no one came, we're going to still do the concert. Yeah. I would just go through the entire concert. Really? But, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> rough. Concert, yeah. Might, <laughs> might be different as a musician because you can just kind of zone in. As a comic, you need audience <laughs> reaction. Because I've done those shows, and they're fucking... I want to just... As soon as I walk outside, I'm just like, can I eat a bullet? Can someone please... Can I step in front of, like, the L train and just die right now? Yeah. That's crazy, man. But I would just... It doesn't matter. It's not the first time that happened. It happened to me a couple times already. But it's still... When I don't have anybody in the audience, I still do both of my concerts. Those make you strong, though. Yeah. They, they make you strong. And you still... Even if there's... I mean, there's four fucking people there. You gotta treat them like there's a hundred people there. Yeah, because they're yeah. there. They're they want to see you. You want to give them a good impression. Do you know David D'Angelo? Yeah. David D'Angelo. So he was talking about being independent from the results. Yes. I don't know when when I used to listen to his seventy-seven laws of music sexual with women and being out all that stuff. One of his laws was be independent from your results, or something like that. Those lines. And that's what you become. When you have those concerts that no one is there, but you still go through them, that's what you. That's when you need to put those ideas. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen that, and that's just a good muscle to have because it means that you're always going to deliver what you yeah. think is best, and what you think is best is usually your best because you're 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 the one presenting it. No oh, one else course, can yeah. tell you. The because uh, I've done. <laughs> I remember doing this very bad room back in New England and the audiences there just didn't laugh very much and the way the room was structured the ceiling it wasn't acoustically <laughs> built so that you could hear the laughs so if you would do a joke you wouldn't be able to hear it oh, and no I, I had to do a show not long ago where there was I was headlining and there was music coming from another room 
down a hallway. And because of the lights in my eyes and the music, I couldn't see the audience and I couldn't fucking hear them. So I didn't know if they were laughing at my jokes or not. Oh, okay. So I just had to go off of instinct. I know this works. I prepared this. I worked for this. I'm just going to fucking do it. I, I know that they would laugh at these puns. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. I'm getting an idea. So I can only hear like the three people in the front row and then some loud ass fucking bitch behind them who keeps talking. But she's laughing. <laughs> she laughs and then yeah. talks through the next fucking joke, but she, she's doing something. Mm-hmm. So oh, I just had to do that. Worst. And then some people were like, oh, you had a good set. And I was like, really? I had no fucking idea. I was dying up there the whole time. Oh, man. But I knew just by doing so many of those shows so the, and that, that previous show, the first show I was talking about, when my friend went to go do it, I said, just so you know, because my friend, when the audience doesn't give him anything, he gets very antsy. He needs to hear the laugh. If he doesn't mm. get the laugh, he, he like bothers him and his anxiety. And, and I was like, I was like, dude, you, and, and then you start the way he'll act on stage changes, and he starts getting neurotic. And I was like, just do your good stuff. They're gonna like, but don't, don't let it get in your head that you can't hear them. All right, because the room is structured in a way that you're not really going to hear the laughter. And then he, <laughs> he texted me last that night, an hour later, and he goes, "I just had the worst set of my life." And I was like, "I'm sure it wasn't that bad. I'm sure it wasn't that bad. You just didn't hear, and it fucked with you. You can't, because I've seen guys do that where they um they don't get a reaction from the audience the way they want or the way they need and it it affects them and they become angry towards the audience so many fucking dudes do this and drives me nuts i see people do this in in the city and you've got three people in an audience and they don't fucking roar out of laughter like yeah. there are 3000 they're just three fucking people normally in a show you only have so many people that really laugh loudly and then other people are kind of quiet laughers and some just smile but they're still enjoying themselves yeah and without that then the comic will attack those three people for not laughing loud enough, and then you ruin the show for everyone. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Here's here's the thing. The, one of those three people that are sitting down and listening to your to your jokes, right? Maybe one of them will tell five more people. Mm-hmm. Hey, this guy. I went to this bar. There were his jokes were were very yeah. good. I really love them. So now you have five more people. Yeah. Did they say it's that? So when it's over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just it's just good technique. It's just good as a fucking entertainer to give people uh, to not be. Don't project your bullshit on the audience. Be a fucking man and handle your fucking thing. Yeah. All right. Handle your thing. Be if you're confident enough to get on stage, you should be confident enough in who you are and your material. Yeah. So we all have our off nights or whatever. It, I mean, and the I've always been told by older guys that the true mark of a headliner, which I'm not there yet. I've only just started headlining. I'm very... Yeah. I've got a long way to go. I'm not speaking as a comedic expert. I'm just speaking from where I'm at in comedy. Yeah. Not as some lord of comedy. Just my Someone own experience. That is just but I've heard from guys further up the ladder than me that, you know, the true mark of a headliner is when you can bomb for an hour and still do your material. Just oh, up there okay. for an hour getting no response from an audience or bad response and you still do your thing. That's a good exercise, man. That's a, it's like it's like playing the piano and you still have this guy with his cell phone, a baby crying, people standing up while you're playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I said this, and I I know there's a lot of the, there's a lot in the community, the music community, in the classical music community, 
and they don't like that. But guess what? You have to deal with that. Mm-hmm. You not you don't have control of that. Even though you tell them, hey, shut your phone, don't turn on your phone, whatever. You don't have control of that. You don't have control of that. You have to deal with those things. You can tell them, but be aware. There's always someone. Someone's a baby crying. There's always pe- people coughing. There's always people with their phone. So you have to deal with those things. Yeah, especially nowadays. There's no, there's no getting around phones. They're mm-hmm. attached to everyone. They're a part of our society. You're not going to get rid of them. That doesn't mean that, like as a comic, if someone picks up a fucking phone in the middle of your set, you don't go after them. Mm-hmm. You, sh- you have to say something about yeah. it. You can't, you can't just let people be too disruptive as a mm-hmm. comedian and not address it. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, like if you get five minutes... Sometimes you just, you might have to, I have to get through these five minutes. Yeah. I've, I've, I've been waiting all week for this five minute spot. I get to this material. But if it's so disruptive that it complete, you have to just waste your five minutes. And that's aggravating. That's, very that's beyond aggravating because you waited all this time, especially when you're early and you, like, when you, it's different now. There's a lot more open mics, but you, you would, you know, or there's a lot more shows. But when you first start out, this when I first started out, wait for a while to get on a show and then you do it. And then I, I remember, dude, I was tr- I, I submit to comedy festivals, and you need a perfect five-minute tape. Perfect five-minute tape. You know, with, uh. you get the audience laughing in the first two minutes, and then usually whoever's running the festival only watches two or three minutes. And I was like, I had went to this club where I could get good tapes back home, and I only had a date there once a month. Yeah. So for four fucking months, I showed up and was having killer sets, and someone did something three fucking months in a row and just fucked it up. Yeah, you just want there. Just someone yeah. yelled something out to uh. me. Another, someone yelled something out. Someone was loud a third time. And I, and, and that isn't ideal because you want whoever's watching that to see you. This is the material I've written. You don't, you don't get booked off a of crowd work uh. or how you necessarily handle that. So what do you do? I mean, you, that's true. That's a good point. So in those situations that you have hecklers, right, trying to disrupt disrupt your routines during the uh, uh, small segment. So what do you think is higher value or lower value to deal with that person or just not deal with that person? Depends on the situation. Okay, let's say let's put let's say that I'm, I'm a guy you're just running your routines, and I said I started saying boring or whatever. Hey, whatever. So that you, if it's directed at you, you have to address it. I okay. have to do something. If it's if it's just someone being loud in the back yeah. or being loud wherever, uh, then because more often than not, that's it. You just have someone ignorantly talking, like right there, and you have to you have to do something about it. Some guys can are better at it than others. It's yeah. something that I've had to work on more because it wasn't my strongest suit. Because my thing was just anger. I've had, I've, I've proved, I used to have horrible anger. I still yeah. kind of, I still do. I just deal with it in a positive way. But I, my thing was like, if someone did that, I would just go at them. I just shut the fuck up. Or what are you a fucking cunt? What's wrong with yeah. you? Are you like who? But, but that doesn't work because then now everyone in the audience thinks I'm the asshole. Because mm-hmm. I came off so angry, I couldn't. I can't maintain my emotion. I lose. I lose them. So it it's. But then, at the same time, if you don't deal with that situation, your your value goes down too. Like ah, this is a pump. Yeah, cause, well, I've seen that at shows where this guy, he was actually going to be on the show, was heckling the host, and the host just didn't do anything. Oh. 
Okay. And you have to, and that at that point, like I've been at some, New York is very good for this, where if you, most clubs in New York, if you act up, they yeah. have a bouncer come down and they're like, get the fuck out. Uh, that's you're, very good. You're done. Yeah. We're not, we're not, the better a club is, the more likely they are to just say, hey, fuck off. But you do a lot of rooms out there, especially if you're on the road in the middle of the country or out of, mm. even back in Boston, and there's no security, there's no bouncers. And so you'll have someone continually ruin a show. And then I've, I've been in situations where other, where cu- customers came up and they were like, why didn't anyone fucking throw him out? Oh, why okay. is he, why, like, like when, when the customers start yelling at the person who's ruining the show for everyone else, that's on the club. Because now those people don't want to come back to that club and they don't want to see comedy because no uh-huh. one handled that shit. Like, imagine if you went to the movies and someone was just a fucking asshole just yelling the whole time and the, no one in the movie theater threw them out. I see what you're you, saying. Now yeah. you're like, I don't want to go to the movies. I'd rather just rent it and watch it at home because I don't want it because no one's going to do anything about yeah, it. That's very bad for business. That's true. If, if the situation happens and no one deal deal with that situation, why do you think that happens? Maybe because the own, the the owner of the bar is afraid to lose the customers. Or... That's part of it. Yeah. That's part of it, which is which is wrong because you end up losing mo- more customers be- and yeah. better customers. Because you don't want that fucking asshole. You don't want them yeah. as a customer. It's just, you know, so many of the relationships in life are really similar, man. Because, like, if you, let's say you're in any business and you have a shitty customer, but you want his money, at a certain point you've got to make the realization, my time and my effort is more than this asshole's given. Yeah. And it's the same thing with being in a relationship with whoever you're fucking or dating. Yeah. You realize, these are my standards, and if you're going below that, you're fucking... Out, so yeah. many people in relationships with women that they don't like or aren't happy with, or women with men that they don't, or whoever you, you're dating, mm. and they're like, I'm afraid to be alone because I might not do better. Mm. And that fear prevents so many people from pursuing, from saying, I deserve better and getting a better yes. life. I'm afraid to end this potential relationship, which isn't good to begin with. Yeah. Because I don't think I'll get something better. But that's bullshit. Because you all, if, as long as you handle yourself and you're a better person, mm-hmm. we get the relationships in life we deserve. Yes. If I say, these are my standards, I want someone who's within reason. Like, obviously, if I'm just like, I'm not dating anyone who isn't a fucking model. Well, just be, I, I know where I'm at. That's unrealistic. I'm not, yeah. I'm not at that tier. But if I say, I don't want people who aren't mentally healthy and don't at least attempt to be mentally and physically healthy. Or making the effort. Make the effort. Yeah. And then I end up with someone who's a psycho. That's on me. Because I've lowered my standards. I'm not giving myself the best I deserve. Yeah, it's like Tony, Tony Robbins said. It's the same thing if you yeah. run a business. If you, if you let in every fucking hooligan, then, then they devalue this thing. Same thing. I let in all these people into my life who are negative people, who don't care about what I'm trying to do, and don't care if they destroy my business or my show or my dating life, yeah. if I let them do that, if I don't say these are my standards, you don't meet these fucking standards, you're out of here, then you'll never attain a higher value. You'll oh, just be stuck. That, that's a good point, man. That, that's very important. That, that's very important. The fact that you're not developing yourself because you are putting your standards in someone else, right? So you're not creating your own standards, you're just letting other people meet your standards. Yeah. Which is the worst thing that you can do. It's the worst thing you can do. Because that means that you don't have priorities. 
if you don't have priorities, that means that you you have direction. Yeah, and that's that is very dangerous, man. And people, I used to be a it. We say selfish like it's a really bad thing, but it, it can be. But selfishness is also good. Yeah. Self-preservation is, is essential. It's instinct. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first, like, I, we've had talk, I talk about when I first went to therapy, it helped me a lot because I don't do it anymore because I don't have money for it in New York. When yeah. I was doing it back home, I was so against it, and then I started learning tools because this is just a muscle. Your mind mm-hmm. is a muscle. You're going to make it stronger, just like you make your arms or your chest or whatever stronger. I remember uh, I was giving too much of myself to other people, and I remember just not pursuing things for myself. I was trying to be a hero to everyone else, trying mm. to be a hero to who I'm dating. I'm trying to be a, a hero to my fucking family. I'm trying to save my family from my father and his fucking drinking problem yeah. and all that shit. And I can't. And you can't. Sometimes you realize you can't do so. Yeah. I remember my uncle telling me this too. He's like, you need to go be the best person for you. You need mm-hmm. to go take care of you. And that's selfishness. But it's good. You should have a that's certain amount. Life. The reality of the situation is life is very rarely in the extremes. It's a medium in between. Mm-hmm. And it's that's why life's fucking tough is you have to balance that medium. You have to balance being selfish in a positive way and not a negative way. You have mm-hmm. to balance all these things in fucking life. You have to balance eating right without being a fucking pig. Balance fucking right without going out and blowing your whole check on hookers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically... What you talk about being selfish is just be better, be a better version of yourself. Yes. And that's a very hard concept to understand because the best way to change other people is just changing you. Yes, that's God, so dude, hard. I wish I knew that so long yeah. ago. Yeah. Oh, I wish I knew that yeah. when I was younger. Yeah, that's a very hard concept to understand because it's easier to try to control others than controlling you. Yes. Because when you can try to control you, you have to deal with realities that you, the reality that you are in that moment. So when they tell you, hey, man, you want to change this person or this person, man, you have to change them. You're going to lead by example. Because if you tell someone, hey, you have to, if you tell someone don't drink with a, with a bottle of wine in their hand, they're not going to believe you. If you tell them, no. hey, don't eat, ah, don't eat a lot of pork because you're going to get healthy, but you, you weigh over 300 pounds. Man, it's, it doesn't work like that. That's that's how I grew up, and that's how almost every kid I knew grew up. Yeah. With that, our parents all had that mentality of do as I say, yeah. not as I do. Mm-hmm. Which is just a fucking lazy mentality. It's, it's lazy and shitty parenting. Mm-hmm. If you don't, like, if you don't, exp- you can't sit there and go after your kids for smoking cigarettes, if yeah. you smoke cigarettes in front of you your whole and life. you had your, like three packs of the cigarette. And this is, I think in the, that's what they call incongruency, right? Mm-hmm. Incongruency, in other words, when you can smell the bullshit. Yeah. Stop expecting someone else to do the work and be a better person. Yeah. If you're not willing to fucking yeah. do it and show them that they yeah. can do it. And it's, it, it, that, that, it, it is very hard, Mike. Oh, it's, it's tough. It's I had just, to learn, I had to learn from my own yeah. method because I have, like I said, I I I was I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. I have issues with alcohol. My father is too, and for a long but that, time, there was a change, right? I was like, I have to be the one who does something. I will lead by example mm-hmm. to him. It does it didn't work, but it, but it made mm-hmm. my life better in the process. And that, I remember when we were uh, talking about 
uh, how that going through that process, right? But that help the process make you a better comedian, right? Mm -hmm. Or a better artist. So when you tell the story, it's congruent. Remember, right? It was mm -hmm. talking about that, and and as an artist, you can see you can see who has gone through a lot of stuff, man. Yeah. You can tell for miles. Like, you, know, you know, in like a, <laughs> in comedy, it's real fucking easy, man. Because they write it, they just talk about what they talk about, and right away you're just like, you're uh, full of shit. It is full of shit. Yeah. Full of shit, man. Like there, there's a real. I think it's like this in everything, but in comedy, it's very early on where you just realize if something's fake, and people don't. It's not unique to this. Is a lot. People don't like fake people at all. No. Because you don't. No. You don't feel like you can trust them, mm -hmm. and you don't want. Instincts tells me don't put people I can't trust in my life because mm -hmm. you don't know if they're gonna fuck you or stab yeah. you in the back. And if you're watching an entertainer, whether he's somebody on YouTube, yeah, or Instagram, or a radio personality, mm -hmm. or a comedian or musician, the more fake they are, the harder it is to connect with them connect on a personal them, yeah. level. It's just, it's just one of those things, man, that that make you think like, okay. Okay, so that means that I have to start saying no. Yes, you have to start saying no because if you want to be authentic in whatever you do, in my case, when I do music, I want to be as authentic as I can. And so you have to take this route. You have to do a lot of self-thinking. Look at yourself in the mirror. Like it's just a it's a it's a very hard thing, but you have to go through that process, man. Are you gonna just be? I mean, that's just life. Do you to be authentic to you? Because I've seen people. Where they go, all right, this is the norm. I'm going to try and be part of that. I'm going to do what everyone else does. And then there's the people that go, I'm going to do the opposite of that. Yeah. But at the same time, you're being defined by that group. You're just being yeah. the antithesis of that group. But okay. you're still allowing that fucking group and that sense of normalcy and propriety to define who you are as an opposite. You're still the, like, it's, it's why I always couldn't stand, like, I don't know, hipsters or goth or punk rock, because they're not, they're not even, punk, I guess punk is different, but a, a lot of that, when people are kids, is they're like, I'm not going to conform to society. And I'm like, but you're still allowing society to affect you by making you the opposite of that. Just oh, fucking be yeah. you. Just be you. And, and the reality is you will be a mixture of a lot of different yeah. things, but you'll be you. So basically, how does that good point, man? So you, you're a punk clown, well, that's for now, punk rock. That's it's a little bit different here. But let's say you're a hipster, what, or... Count, it's just guy. any counterculture thing. Any collectivistic, cultural thing, right? You think, yeah, I want to be outside of the of the norm, but then you are part of this group that said it's outside of the norm. You're still part of that you're group. You're part of which that is a response, norm, which is a response to that, that yeah. the norm. Which is responsible to the norm. So you are basically part of the norm, just being responsible to the norm. Exactly. You are an effect of the normal students in society, yeah. whether you give into it or you try and fight it in that respect. Reality yeah. is just, just accept it in both realms. You, you can yeah. bump against it, but it is every aspect of normal society mm -hmm. that bad? No, nah, not, not all of it. Mm -hmm. you I like... Sometimes I go to the movies and I'm just like, dude, every movie is fucking trash. I'm just a cynical douchebag and I'm like, am I just not going to go to the movies anymore? I fucking like movies. Mm -hmm. I'll just find the ones I like. Like, what am I going to... At a certain point, when you get that, that negative where your whole thing is, I'm against this other group, then no one wants to fucking be around you. Because yeah. your whole thing is, I hate this other thing. No one wants to be around someone who fucking hates 
24-7. This is miserable. <laughs> miserable. <laughs> it's miserable, man. Uh, I, I hate everything. I hate coffee. I hate food. And that's not... That's, uh... I hate what other people like. And that's, that's such a weird... Because I've done that when I was younger, yeah. when I was a kid. I remember being into a video game or an anime or a TV show or anything. And, and then all of a sudden... Or a band. Let's say you yeah. like a music band, especially with rock. Like, let's say the metal, metal very, yeah. or hardcore yeah. punk, and then your band starts blowing up. And then other people like it. And then you're like, oh, these fucking regular people are into that thing. Yeah. Well, I liked them when no one else liked them. And yeah. it's like, dude, who fucking And cares? then all of a sudden, it just became commercialized, right? Yeah, and it's so, ruined for you. Yeah. And it's like, why? Why'd you do that? Why just... just I don't it? know, man. It is, it's a... It, it's really... It's just a human thing. It's, it's, a it's human every thing. culture. You, you want to search for that individualistic thing, right? But do you really want it? Because if you really want it, that means you, you're going to think by yourself. Yeah. There's not going to be a rock, a metal scene, a classical scene, a comedian scene that's going to help you. You'll be by yourself. Yeah. I think a lot of people, I've done this, I think almost everyone does it, is when they see society in a certain way and they, they feel like, fuck society. Because you yeah. get fed up by it or it rejects you and you're like, fuck whatever. Whatever that normal thing is, that normal aspect of society, fuck it, all right? It um, it's as we were saying. It it still it still affects you, and you you can't fully. I don't know. Refute it. It's yeah. it just just be. So you say that you're, you're by consuming something else. You you're, you're trying to be different, and you're basing your difference and your individuality off of what you consume. Yeah. I'm different because I like this music. I'm different because I eat this food. Just be fucking you and you will be different. You're yeah. never going to be different by taking in things from the outside. I'm, I'm different because I drink this style of coffee or I yeah. eat this type of food or I hang out with these type of people. Just fucking be you. Mm -hmm. Just be you, man. Very simple Stop concept, trying. Yeah. You can't make yourself different Mm -hmm. With the clothes you wear, and you see it in New York all the time, because New York has nine million people, and everyone is everyone moves here, and they're fighting to be different, different and unique yeah. in this city. And so some people get piercings, or they get crazy hair, or they get crazy mm -hmm. outfits. But in that same way, there's still there's other people that copy that. They're copying other people. They're mm -hmm. still not really being different. They're trying to find th what makes them unique mm -hmm. outside of themselves instead of looking inside, inside of themselves. Yeah. Looking to the inside again because you have to confront the demons, man. It's all about it's all taking who you are and pushing it out instead of trying Oof, to pull other yeah. shit. And um, I was talking with uh, an Italian friend when I was in Italy, Carlos, and he would we used to talk a lot, a lot, a lot about the inner inner games, right, or the inner stuff of artists, right. And he used to tell me like, Pablo, I tried to to talk about these things with the organization and the US they don't want to. They want to and I told him that I told him why and I said like you know why they don't want? Because they're going to confront something that they're going to regret. Yeah. It's, it's because you what I saw somehow, sometime, somewhere you have to confront them. You have to confront them. Because then if you don't do it, right? You're still going to live in this fantasy that you think that you created, right? Mm -hmm. But then, when the shit hit the fan, you know it's going to be hard. It's going to be worse because you piled it up over the years and you didn't deal with it. If you avoid a problem, like if you're in a bad relationship, if you get if you're in a marriage and you realize it's a bad marriage two months in, oh, divorce 
10 years later is going to be so, so much worse than a divorce one year later. Because you kept putting the problem off. Yeah, that would be worse. It's what, it's what every politician does. They're like, I'm not going to deal with this problem. I'm going to let the next bastard who comes in office deal mm-hmm. with it. That's why whenever there's an issue in, in our country or any country, it mm-hmm. turns into a giant thing because no one wanted to deal with it at the fucking mm-hmm. time. And then they say, see, I didn't go here. I didn't do this. See, I'm clean. The reality is just that... Just avoid it. Yeah. It's better confront the problems, confront your problems, face up, just go straight to it. People are afraid know? of confrontation. They're so oh, afraid. Yes. So afraid. Yes. But if you're afraid of confrontation, you're afraid of life. Because life is it's confrontation. confrontation. That's it's what, confrontation. That's yeah. what life life is. Animals eating each other, yes. trying to compete with one another. And humanity, and it's not just the world. It's, it's your fucking mind. Your whole, every human soul is just in confrontation with itself. Yes. I have two ideas in my head, and they're always competing. Oh, am I going to be this person or that person? And they're always fucking fighting. Yeah, it's crazy. And you just try and find that that medium. Yeah, it's crazy. Do you want to be the gazelle or the lion? Be the fucking lion. <laughs> yeah, of course, man. I mean, sometimes you're going to get eaten by other lions, and eventually you're going to get sick. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just, it's just, it's weird, man, because these conversations like this, like going deep into the inner, right? Is what really makes you go farther, huh? I can just spend all this time practicing, right? I can do it, right? Mm-hmm. But I know, I'm, I already know what the process of it, you know? I don't like to practice my instrument, all that stuff. But I need tension in my life. I need tension because I need tension to expand myself, right? When we go to the gym, we're looking for that tension. Yeah, you're looking for, for a wall to go up against. Yeah. You have to... It's it's funny we're talking about this because I've just been um, I'm reading a book about American history, but I'm also listening to a podcast about uh, the life of Teddy Roosevelt mm. and his Teddy was a very complex person. He did yeah. some really fucked up shit. He did some good shit, but I mean that's kind of that's most people. Is, Every, everyone's it, we realize is. that in stand up because everyone wants your actors and entertainers to be perfect, and then you're mm. like. I love Bill Cosby. Well, he raped a bunch of people. Ah, oh, shit. I guess uh-huh. I, don't, I don't love him anymore. And he's an extreme case. Yeah. Obviously, with him, you like, fuck him, you're a piece of shit. But there are other people like Louis C.K. where you're convoluted. Mm-hmm. All right, I love his humor. Is he a terrible human for what he did? He did some bad shit. You shouldn't fucking be telling your coworkers, mm-hmm. look at my fucking putt while I pull it. Yeah. But does that deem him forever? But, you know, back to what, what Roosevelt's big thing was, constantly going out... And he, he would he would wrestle and fight people in the White House. Like he was the first uh, one of the first Americans to learn judo and jujitsu. And he had a teacher from Japan come over and teach him in the White House in the early 1900s, like over a century ago, when that was unheard of, because he felt that he had to constantly be competing against mm-hmm. his own self as well as the world, which is I think very competitive person. That's true. Yeah, which yeah. is the right. You always have to. If you stop fighting with with yourself, maybe fighting is not the right word, but competing with yourself, trying to be a better person, then where does that leave you? I think it leaves you frozen, because I know so many dudes back home, I remember working with dudes who had kids, and they'd be saying stuff, and I'm like, I don't have kids, you know, but, and I'm, you know, they'd be like, oh man, I, I bought my kid, uh, talking to these guys, we, we work these jobs, man, we work long hours. And we just get caught up in the, the, our job would become our life. 
and it would I would always fight against my bosses because they'd be like, "We need you to work every day this week, fourteen hour days," and I'd be like, "I'm not doing that." Like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm taking a day off to go spend time with my girlfriend or my friends because I don't f- fucking do this. You know I'm good at this job. You're not gonna fucking can me. And but this is uh, I don't live to work for you. I work so that I can go live for myself and I have money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of guys wouldn't stand up for themselves, and they get walked all over. And then they were like, we, we, we can't stand up for ourselves here. And I'm like, bullshit, because I fucking did. I told them what I was going to do, and now we've set a line. We've set a fucking rule. we set a boundary that you don't get to treat me like shit every day. I'll put up with most of it. Otherwise, you'll, they'll find someone else to do it. You have to pull some boundaries. But I talk to these other dudes, and they're like, oh, man, my kid. I'm trying to buy out. They would, they would, these fathers I would work with were trying to buy stuff for their kids. And their kid's like... They're like, I think my kid just wants to spend time with me. And I was like, you think? You think your son? Your son doesn't, isn't going to love you more because you buy him a fucking Xbox. He just wants to be with you. Take mm-hmm. him out fishing. Take him for a hike. Do, do shit with him. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have kids, but I know that the fundamental thing to raising a child is spending time yeah, spending with time. them. Which is, a, which is a very bad conception, uh, concept that modern parents have. Like, oh, if I buy things to my child, that is going to cost Concept, uh, concept what they saw like it's it's going to be better than just spending time with their kid, which is not good. Is it's consumerist society, spend, man? Yeah, you have to spend time with your kid. They're, your kid is going to prefer because I remember when I was a kid and I love my family. I love my family, but I remember enjoying more of my time with my father than him buying something for me. Mm. I, I, I like uh, I love to just play ball with him, just play catch. Just go to the theater, just go to Pizza Hut and just eat something. I really love those times, though. Those were some of the, like, my favorite times from my childhood, despite the fact that my relationship with my father isn't good. I still love him and care about him. I want him to be better. I, I, I would never throw him out of my life unless he did something truly horrific. But because I had, you know, people often, I, it's very easy for me to talk about the bad things that I, he did to me, but it was very, I forget that there were so many good things. Yeah. Some of my happiest memories are just us being fucking goofy. I got my sense of humor from him, from playing pranks and doing, just hiking through the woods. Mm. You know, we would, <laughs> this is a PC now, but we'd hike through the woods with a BB gun and just fucking shoot chipmunks and squirrels. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fucked up. Now I look back on it. Or you just do dumb shit, like you get firecrackers and put them in fucking dog shit and blow them up. And mm. Maybe... Maybe it's I thought it was though, yeah. The, but we're like, I just was trying to retell this story because I realized how you, but I remember my, my dad and me, when I was like 13, tricked my aunt into thinking that my cousin, her son, had been abducted by a child molester, <laughs> which is a terrible thing to do. But crazy, yeah. in the moment, it was really fucking funny. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, that's such, I remember how hard I laughed. Mm-hmm. Just how much <laughs> Those her, are the moments at her expense. Yeah. But it was just, there was no cost of money to mm-hmm. any of that, to hiking through those the woods, the moments, to just yeah. playing games. But those are the moments, and that's what builds a relationship mm-hmm. between you and your friends and your family and your relatives, mm-hmm. man. Because you, one day, I'm assuming you'll become a father, even when you're 40 or 50, whoever, and you will like transfer some good relationship. Yeah. You don't want to be this guy that's rich. And you have a kid for some reason, and you say, okay, just going to buy everything. You don't want to be that person. Honestly, dude, I think it's even worse with uh, 
poor people and a lot of immigrant families who yeah. come to the U.S. Because one of the dudes that I was talking with that I used to work yeah. with was like, he grew up in the same in South Boston with me. He grew up in the projects, and he uh, he was like, I didn't have anything growing up, you know. So I thought, now that I have a son, I need to buy him a new video game system yeah, all the time. And, and I, I talk with a lot of people I've met in New York whose parents are immigrants, and they're kind of the same way because they grew up in wherever, Africa, India, yeah. Latin America, somewhere where they were in extreme poverty and they come here and they make it. And they're like, I have to give my kid what I didn't have. But they don't realize that that, because they, they haven't experienced that, that yeah. that fucking product isn't going to fix your soul. Mm. You're never going to get fulfillment from a physical thing. Yeah, because you, if your kid is not, does not learn the values that you learn, it, remember, your, your kid is getting another perspective, you know? I just... I just receiving toys because that's daddy. Daddy just mm. gave me toys. But then he's not learning the experience or the values that you learn just going through that experience, huh? People almost never value shit they don't work for. Why, why, why would you? I mean, why? Why it's would free. you? It's free. It's, it's free. Like I just, I just thought about this on my way to the gym earlier. Like, how often do you watch a video online for free? Yeah. So, somebody made a video. Took the time and the effort to make some stupid skit or some stupid whatever, and then just put a video up on Instagram or Facebook. And how many thousands of people complain? And I'm like, it's fucking free, dude. You don't like it, don't mm -hmm. whatever. But why are you? Com you're comp like I, I watched this uh, this Facebook page, Milo the Cat, right? Mm -hmm. And this guy just takes uh, cartoons and stuff from the '90s, and then he takes rap songs and he just syncs them up. And he did one where it was uh, Doug Funny, uh, and he synced it up with some rap song. And people were complaining. And I'm like, he's doing it for, for free. free. Crazy, what are you huh? bitching and moaning for? And you know what's the crazy for me to have a YouTube channel? Man, it's a lot of work, man. It's a ton of work. Oh, it's a lot of I work. Have... Going to the place to make a recording. Make sure that your cameras are well placed. That you're recording are the best and the thing is that you have to choose between 20 25 those recording go back putting all those videos in your computer now try to sync the audio with it man folks it's like nine hours man of work i'm trying to edit a video right now of me which is probably it's me pretending to be two different characters it probably won't even be two minutes worth of material and i want to kill myself i want to just straight? fucking smash my head in a in a glass window it's, and it's just jump, hard, jump out of a the third floor because I'm just like and that's but I have to do it because I just suck at editing but I yeah. need to be better that's on me I have to learn but I'm fighting it because I'm scared I'm going to suck at it I'm fighting it for all these because mm -hmm. I'm not good at it and it seems like too much but I have to and it, obviously over time it'll get easier mm -hmm. it's still going to be work but I have like, like comedy our big competition now is um is the internet I yes. mean and it's like that for all entertainment but nowadays, if you want to get into a club or a room, you can't just be funny. You need to have followers. And the same thing for actors. You don't just don't get a movie because you're the best actor. If you get a part in a movie, yeah. they'll give the best parts to good actors. Mm. But all the lower parts, they want people who are famous already from YouTube or Instagram or some other shit. And I used to, my first thought was, fuck those people. They're all hacks. Who the fuck did they... I was jealous. I'm jealous. Yeah. I, I worked so fucking hard to be funny. Mm -hmm. I worked so hard. did so many terrible shows. I'm doing the best I can to do what I think is the best comedy I can give a fucking audience is. And then someone gets famous on Vine 
or YouTube, and they can just come in because they have all these followers. Fuck them, fuck them. And then I realized, that's me. I'm being insecure. I'm fucking threatened. That's I, Instead of sitting here saying, fuck them, I should learn from them. Because the internet yeah. isn't going away. All right? And if I don't learn to adapt, I'm going to be a dinosaur. And there's no future for yeah. me. So I need to learn to respect the game. They are working. They're doing something that I, I'm not good at. I'm not as good as them at doing certain types of videos on, online. It's just I can't translate myself that way. I can do my own thing. I can't do it the way they do it. But they can't do stand-up the way I can necessarily do yeah. it. All right? Because most of those people aren't good on stage the way a regular stand-up comic is. But that doesn't mean that I shouldn't learn from them. Just like like, like MMA, right? Yeah. You look at MMA. It used to be when UFC started, it was like, we'll have a sumo wrestler fight a karate guy, fight a jiu-jitsu. Mm -hmm. And then eventually everyone was like, I'm just going to take the best from each, each style. Each style. Yeah. That's what you should do. You should learn from every type of entertainment, yes. every type of philosophy, and you pick the best things and the things that work from you. Mm -hmm. If you sit there and say, fuck that, I don't like that, that's your and ego it right works, now, huh? yeah. that's your ego and your pride fucking you. Yeah, yeah, which is the, the worst enemy. So, Les Brown says, um, there's no enemy within that the enemy outside can do you no harm. So basically, the worst enemy you have is the one that's inside. Absolutely. Because if, if they are doing something that works, remember the guy that was getting laid or was pulling the girls in the bar? Exactly. And then you have the better male saying like, ah, oh, I can do better. He's a mean guy. He's an asshole with them. But then, dude, why do you just learn what yeah. he's doing? Because that means you have to change and work harder yeah. and go outside your boundaries of safety, which is scary. It's not fucking easy, but it's yeah. what you have to do. Because the other alternative is to wait for thousands of years of human evolution oh, to change that. overnight that. so that you become the more desirable man. Or you're going to wait for the internet to just go away and things to go back to the way they used to be in the 80s and the 90s in stand-up and music, and they're not. So you have two choices. All right, Sit there and wait and think that they're going to go back, and they're not, and just bitch and moan and complain yeah. and blame every other fucking person in the world other than yourself, mm. or you can learn to adapt and change all right, and you can learn. This is the way it works. Yeah. Either I can I can go for that, or or, or I can accept it. Or I can accept which my is, results. Which, again, it's a lot of work. That's why. That's why they're still doing it because it works. But it's a lot of work. And you may not even find success. You you can't emulate what those people are doing in that same way because yeah. you might not just be that person. But you can find a way that works for you. Yes. Yes. You can find your own path. You know that. It's crazy because I put videos and I get not a lot of subscribers, right? But it's tough. But people do the people that do see my videos. They say, "Hey, I watched your video. Your YouTube channel is nice." Blah blah blah. I'm like, oh, "Thank you, I Just this is my contact. I'm a violinist. I'm all that. I'm like, oh. see, I don't have a lot of subscribers, but then whatever I have is giving me some results. See, so it's basically go, it comes down to. Just try to get stuff done, even though, which is a problem in the in the community that I'm now, is that people don't want to deal with digital stuff. They don't they just don't want to, man. Yeah. They just don't want to, and you have to do the transition. You have to. You have to. You have to go to the podcast. You have to invite people. You have to learn from other people. You have to expand yourself because if you don't do it, you're going to be like the dinosaur. You're saying. 
Yeah. Right before we started this, you were like, I never thought I'd be doing a podcast. Yeah. Right? It's I crazy. never thought I'd be trying to edit down videos for me to put on YouTube, mm. but I'm trying to do it. Yeah. I never thought I would I would be there. I was like, oh, I'll just be a comic, and then, you know, maybe someone will get me into a movie or something. And But nowadays, more than ever, you can't wait for other people to do stuff for you. You have to do it yourself. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's fucking scary, oh, man. Yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I don't get nervous when I put out content and worry about getting trashed for it. It's still fucking... I'm, I'm, I'm relatively confident, dude. It still fucking scares me. Yeah. I don't... It gets easier over time, but no one likes when you put something out there and then someone writes, this sucks, I hope your mother dies of cancer. <laughs> no one likes that. It doesn't fucking feel good. But, but if you... It depends on how bad you want something. If you want it bad enough, you'll deal with that fucking bullshit. Yeah. I mean, that's... I used to be so afraid of the internet... And putting stuff out there because I was so afraid of getting attacked. I yeah. was so fucking afraid. And I was talking to this other comic, and I was telling him, I was like, man, I want to do this thing, but I'm so worried about. It. And he's like, dude, the day I give a fuck about what any what any other comic thinks of me. And I was like, god damn it, dude, I should be. Dude, that's what I should be thinking. Yeah, yeah. Dan Pena. I don't know if you know about Dan Pena. He's a billionaire. He lives in Scotland. He's an American billionaire, and he said like that. The, Best tool. Oh, Dan Bilzerian? Dan no, Dan Pena. Dan Pena? He's one of these rich, old school, Rockefeller kind of guy. He's still alive, though. But he's that he has that old school billionaire mentality, yeah. right? And he said, like, the most powerful weapon that you can have is not giving a fuck, man. Yes. It's just because it's true, because that means no one controls you. The more I don't give a fuck, the happier I am as a person, too. Mm. It sucks. I mean, it. Mm. It sucks that that's in my head, mm-hmm. that I still have self-doubts to that degree where I'm worried about what someone else is going to think or say, but what are you going to, you just got to fight it. Yeah. You just got to battle true. against it. Oh, man. Well, Mike, we have to finish the podcast. Man, thank you so much, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. I mean, it was so much work to come over here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll probably have you back in a couple of weeks. You know, let's see if uh, we can keep Yeah, yeah this is this is fun, man. Yeah. We finally capitalized. See, this is is what we talk about: making contact. How many times have we sat down, fucking shirtless, and yeah. eating ass? This is what we do every time <laughs> that we sit down, dude. This is just the topics that we just recorded in the podcast. That's what we do. Because I've, I'll, I'll one more thing, but like a lot of times when I'll I'll hang out with other comics and stuff. I've had times when I've I've just said something that's funny and they're like, oh, you're working on material on me? And I was like, no, I'm just being, I'm just trying to be funny because I got into comedy because I was already funny. I didn't just do this and think, how do I be funny? This was one of my, this is my only real talent I fucking have. I can't, I'm not an athlete. If I was a fucking athlete, I'd go be one. I'm not a musician. So we have those those eyes there, like, it was, yeah, it's, but, so when a lot of my jokes are things that also I've said to someone, and then they just laughed incredibly hard, and they just kept, I was like, is that that funny? I didn't even realize, I was just trying to shoot the shit, and then I'm like, maybe there's something there. Yeah. Same thing with life, sometimes you have something sitting in your lap, and you just got to grab it, and realize, oh, I can make something out of this. Oh, yeah. Oh, this yeah. fucking conversation. Crazy, man. Crazy. Crazy. I like those conversations. Oh,
Oh, yeah, yeah, we don't want to keep it going. <laughs> but man, thank you so much for coming. All right. I really appreciate it. All right? All right. Mike Bain, comedian. Well, where can people oh, find um, you? Look me up on Twitter or Instagram, at Mike Bain Comedy. Uh, same thing with uh, my YouTube page. Just Google Mike Bain. Uh, Mike Bain Comedy. My stuff will come Facebook, up. Facebook, you have any Facebook? Facebook, Mike Bain. B-A-I-N. You know, pretty, pretty, it's just across the board, man. Okay. So you got you have it guys all the information follow him on facebook instagram and youtube okay thanks man all right thanks problem all right